1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Staying Home with Wit. This year has clearly been a struggle for each and every one of us, and it has challenged all of our mental health in some way, shape, or form. The uncertainty of the future and the lack of control has been really the most anxiety triggering for me. I start to spiral about the what ifs, and then I just feel let down. I'm missing my family, but also feel a need to be isolated and take so much alone time. I also feel this need for normalcy, whatever that even means anymore. I don't know. It's just a lot. And I'm really thankful to talk to my guest today. Dr. Gawali Saidi Bachi is an award-winning licensed clinical psychologist in private practice. She's also a published author, millennial expert, TEDx speaker, educational trainer, and media personality. She is so easy to talk to. She has one of those faces and voices and manners where you just feel this need and energy to open up right away. And so that's why talking to her was just such a breath of fresh air for me, because while we did talk a lot about just how social media is so triggering for people right now. We did get into what specific anxieties I want to overcome. And as it is the new year, it is time to take charge of those things and make actual and actionable steps to stop those triggers and lessen those triggers. So I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation she is a mental health hero, literally. she's gotten got an award for it. Here is Dr. Sadie Bachi. I'm so excited to <laughs> chat with you. I'm excited to connect as well. I feel like our listeners probably just want to know who you are and how you got started and how you got into psychology. So
0: I am a licensed clinical psychologist. I'm licensed in California and Oregon. And I'll be honest, I was like the nerdy 11-year-old who was like, I'm going to be a psychologist when I grow up. <laughs> so it's one of those things where i think it was just always that fascination with people and what they do and how they think and feel and just how again psychology impacts everything and so it was an early passion pretty young and i feel like it really kind of evolved from there you know one of the things i feel really blessed that i get to do is wear all the different hats and so i teach her pepperdine in their graduate program i just finished up classes this term I write, so I have a couple of different clinical books out. So I work with teenagers, millennials. Those are kind of sort of my bread and butter I have a practice. So a lot of different sort of pieces to it. But, you know, more than anything, just really passionate about helping people in their day-to-day lives and doing that from whatever hat. And I think a lot of sort of the writing and creating tools. I have a blog for Psychology Today. I started that when I was a grad student like 10 years ago. And a lot of that was focused on millennials. Being a millennial, of course. Yes. And trying to sort of be responsive to how this is really a time unlike any other. And, you know, it may sound cliche, but it's like, I mean, cell phones were really a thing when we were coming of age, you know, and, you know, in college and what have you. And it's just social media that's shaped so much of who we are and what we're doing. And so a lot of my work has been therapeutically, right? Working with millennials, but also just having a lot of tools at their disposal in terms of being able to make these big life changes. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's really valuable, especially for someone like me, whose life really intersects with social media because the amount I post on social media is directly related to my business, right? So it's like the more we do, the more we get in return, but there's also a detrimental thing that's coming from the social media. So you always are having to balance the pros versus the cons and having a healthy relationship with social media. So on the most basic level, how do you approach this, especially with teenagers and millennials? How do we set healthy boundaries with our phones? I think
0: it's starting small, right? And I think it's also having a lot of grace and compassion towards yourself because mm-hmm. it's so easy to beat ourselves up, right? Like, I don't know if I get my little screen time notification. Yeah. And, right, it's kind of either a shaming moment
1: or a moment Or a celebratory of- moment. Exactly. I got that mine was down like an hour a day last week, and I was like, oh, my God, go me, and I didn't even realize it. Exactly. So, so again, it's the small
0: wins, right,
1: and recognizing, you know, like our baby monitor
0: is on our phone. So, of yeah, course, it's going right. to increase our screen time.
1: And right. Time.
0: I think it is kind of first off just paying attention, right, looking at our baseline what's problematic, what's not. I was talking to a researcher, actually, and she studies, you know, screen time, where are the norms and whatnot, and she asked her college students. And I remember thinking my usage was way higher than it actually was.
1: Uh And
0: she's like, oh, no, two to three hours daily, that's standard.
1: And I said, it
0: is, that feels
1: really high to me. Yeah. But
0: I also had teenagers
1: who said to me,
0: I'm on six to eight hours a day. And yeah.
1: (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot.
0: And great that they're streaming Netflix. It's kind of adding all that up, but you know, one small thing that I talk to people about—we kind of have this concept of like the digital detox, right? Yeah, is pick a day, like Sunday. That's our new thing, right? Yeah, like yeah. Sunday phones are off, and of course, like let the people who need to know know. But mm, yeah. if there's an no emergency, they're not worried about it. But these small things, you know, whether it's holidays or after the holidays, you're going on a camping trip, right? I always say things like camping in nature are the perfect time, you know, go for a hike and leave your phone in the car, lock it up, don't have it with you. Yeah. I think it's a slippery slope, right? Because of course, I'll be the first to say that, you know, a phone is a safety mechanism of like, if you're on a hike and heaven forbid something happens, you want to be able to call 911. Right, (laughs) right. That is a part that you sort of want to balance out, but I think it's really starting with these baby steps of, you know, don't have your phone right next to you when you're sleeping, right? Try to have in another room. And I'll, the first to be guilty of like, I love having my phone next to me because I play with the thermostat, you know, right, in the of right. The night. And you so, want
1: access to things, exactly. Yeah, so it's really easy to do that,
0: but it's kind of finding what are the baby steps, right? Moving apps from your phone or checking email on your computer Mm -hmm. more than you
1: do on your phone. Mm -hmm. Those little things can make a huge difference. Yeah. I think that's so valuable. I've started to enact those. I don't do this every night, but I try to keep my phone charging in my office, not next to my bed. And then I try not to check my phone first thing when you wake up because, you know, I feel like it's proven that that can rise certain levels and get you all stressed, like right when you wake up. And then I do also do the thing on weekends now where even more than just one day, like Saturdays and Sundays, I really try to put the phone away and I'll use the phone sometimes just to take pictures because I know obviously taking pictures is my job, but then I'll do more of like a photo dump later. So I'm not just constantly posting and on my phone the whole time, like not actually experiencing what's happening. The other thing I think is valuable to do is not having your phone when you're sitting at dinner with your kids. And I know this feels really obvious, and I'm sure that's something that you advise too, but Sonny started to have interest in the phone now and thinks the phone is his. And so I think it's really important to have boundaries with when you're on your phone with your kids, right? I mean, that is
0: critical. And I'm so glad to hear you say that because I can't tell you how many moms I would see, you know, in our last neighborhood, they'd be, you know, with the stroller with the phone in
1: front of them. Yeah. And research is actually showing
0: that that is causing delays in communication for children.
1: Yeah. Because think
0: about it. If you are looking at the screen instead of attending to your child, right, that is less interactive time. And so, and it's hard, you know, especially with young kids, if you know, you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding or what have you, Mm -hmm. it's easy to be like, this is taking forever. It's tedious. We get impatient, right? And that's where I say mindfulness, right? And Mm -hmm. I know it's a big buzzword, but Truly being aware in the moment and kind of soaking that moment in, instead of let me go away. Because once you go on your phone or any screen, you've now left the present moment, right? You're now in another reality. And so, just checking in with yourself, and I think that's so critical. Of again, what is it about this moment that's uncomfortable for me that I'm feeling like I want to kind of distract myself?
1: And sometimes, honestly, Whitney,
0: it's just a habit. It's like it's so true. And it doesn't mean
1: anything. It's just,
0: it's like almost like a tick that we have
1: of like, check the phone, check the phone. It's so crazy. It's like my husband and I will sit down to watch a show and all of a sudden I'll just instinctively like open my Instagram app. And he's like, oh, you just got to check a quick Instagram update. And I'm like, no, I honestly, like I don't even need to. It's just like something that I just did. And I think, and that's
0: another thing that science is showing is that we get a dopamine hit. Right? Yeah. Every time there's a like or somebody makes a comment or there's something positive. And so it's natural that you know, our brains search for dopamine hit. I mean, it's yeah. kind of crazy, but it's not unlike drugs, right? <laughs> so if every time you take a hit, you feel better, I mean, social media and a lot of stuff on the internet is very similar to that. Yeah. And so we're biologically wired to crave that. And right. I think that's where that grace and compassion towards ourselves. It's so important. And again, it's not that I'm a bad person and I don't have self control. It's like no, the people who have created these devices have made them to be addictive, right? And so it takes that willpower. It
1: takes that extra step to remove ourselves from it. So I've talked to you guys a lot about Native, but that's because I actually use it and I actually love it. Right now, I'm wearing the lavender and rose scent and it smells so good. And Timmy actually noticed it a couple of days ago and he was like, what are you wearing? We love Native around here because it is good for you. It is aluminum free They care about what you put on your armpits. You can actually pronounce ingredients in their product. And none of their products are tested on animals and almost everything is vegan. So if you want to be thoughtful about your purchases and you want to start new healthy trends in 2021, new year, new you, as we've been talking about, check out Native. If you've been feeling like it's time to make a switch, go check them out. They have so many scents. They have actually over $0.10, including classics and rotating seasonals. So you're guaranteed to find one you love. They are such a great company. They're so inspiring. It's really important when making a product like this to be thoughtful about it. So I'm just so excited for them to be a partner and a sponsor and for you guys to actually try them. They also have this citrus and herbal musk scent that's amazing. I mean, one of my personal scents is musk. So this one is like next on the list for me to try. Anyways, go check out native. You guys, like I said, if you're in the mood or feeling like you need a little bit of a switch, I know sometimes deodorant switching can be scary, but this will take care of you. Don't worry. It will make you smell good. It will keep you dry and you'll feel like you're putting something really good and thoughtful on your body. Make the switch to native today by going to nativedo.com slash or use promo code with wit at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com/ slash with wit or use promo code with wit at checkout for 20% off your first order. Hey friends, my name is Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every
0: Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up and comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets
1: you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. And now back to our chat. So what do you say to people who struggle with like comparing themselves to other people on social media, because sometimes I'm really guilty of doing this and it's completely subconscious. I don't even realize that I'm doing it. And then I have to like snap back into mindfulness, as you say, and like, be like, oh my God, Whitney, why are you, is, is this person affecting you in a way where like you should maybe think about unfollowing or muting or what kind of mantras or tips do you have to help people mitigate against comparing themselves to others on social media, especially now when we're all just at home looking at what everybody else is doing all the time. Not that there's so much FOMO because no one's really doing anything, but (laughs) still.
0: (laughs) Well, but but at the same time there is that, right? Because some people will still that one time that they're out without their mask, it's like, oh my God, they went to a restaurant outside. Right.
1: So much judging. So much judging. I've been joking with, you
0: know, the whole, you know, bachelor, bachelorette, right? This year they're able to like do it in quarantine It looks like they're just having the time of their life at a resort, right? Like it's as though there is no COVID, and so it's very easy to see that, right? Yeah. Have the FOMO and to make that comparison, but I think again, you're so right. Of when we have so much time, and that's what we're saying is like depression is going up during this time, right? Like addictions are going up, and the screens are not helping, and they're they're drastically exacerbating the situation for everybody. And I think one of the key tips really is when you're feeling bad, and this might almost sound counterintuitive, but it's like, especially when you feel bad, don't go on social media. Just last week I had a number of therapy clients and they were like down the dumbs, feeling depressed. And I was like, talk to me about your social media. And unsurprisingly, all day every day, right? And they're like, I feel like crap and I see everybody living their best lives. And I'm like, You're torturing. It's like you're literally torturing yourself.
1: It's so true. It's so true.
0: But I think you're also right though about, you know, whether it's muting people, you know, what I've actually done is, you know, again, I think the idea of, you know, managing three or four Instagram accounts, Yeah. but it's the idea of like, I kind of have like a dummy account, right? Where I don't follow anybody that I actually know in real life. <laughs> and so, so nobody's offended if I'm not following them or what have you,
1: but I can like
0: go on when I want, not when I don't. But again, I have noticed my mood is better when I'm on.
1: Yeah. Imagine there are times when,
0: you know, I always say there's the double-edged sword. Like I've learned so much from social media.
1: Right, right. Like,
0: right. like, there are products I didn't know that I need. Of course. teaching Yes. And I was like, if I had not gone on that page, I truly wouldn't have known about it.
1: Right, right. right.
0: And so I think that what you're saying with me is so right about checking in with yourself of, like, what's building me up, what's boosting me, what's inspiring me. Right. But also, what are the things that maybe... I need to stop following for
1: a while. Yeah. Right? And kind of see how does that impact my
0: outlook? How does that impact the way that I'm going about my day to day
1: life? Yeah, I know. Sometimes you have to really take a step back from it because you can get so in it. You don't really realize like either how much you're on it or how detrimental it can be or just like the subconscious little things that can mess with you while you're on it. So interesting. It's just it's so hard for me. I struggle because My job is social media, right? Like I sell my creative collaborations through social media. I'm sharing what's going on in my life through social media. I'm promoting like these kinds of conversations with you and experts through social media. So like I love it for how valuable it is in spreading information and making people feel like allowing people to feel accepted and a sense of community. But I also I just have like such a love-hate relationship with it. And I sometimes don't know how to like cope, (laughs) Well, I, I, and I think that's the perfect
0: way of putting it is love-hate. And yeah. I'm absolutely in there with you in that boat of like, there's so much I feel like I get out of it, but then I hate it at the same time, yeah. you know? And yeah. so that's where it's constantly renegotiating your relationship with it, mm-hmm. right, and kind of mm-hmm. recognizing, again, when do I need to take a step back? When do I feel like I'm on it
1: more? Yeah. And part of that is emotional awareness, right? Uh,
0: again, a lot of it has to do with our baseline emotions. If we're happy and healthy and thriving and things are going well, we can have a very safe and healthy relationship with our social media. Yes. But often when
1: we're not feeling well,
0: right, that's when the detrimental
1: impact can really hit us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... As it's the new year now, what are some other small ways besides like our interaction with social media? What are some like small habits or small mantras or some small daily things that we can do to cope with a lot of the anxiety that 2020 brought on that we want to try to start like releasing, you know? You know,
0: from the field of positive psychology, there's some really interesting research out there and you talk a lot about the idea of sort of savoring, Right. So saving our experiences, whatever small things that they are, but also this idea of planning for the future, right? So hope and optimism. So right now we're at a place where maybe we're not able to travel as much or, you know, we're waiting for vaccine stuff and to get a little bit more information around that. But, you know, I have talked to so many of my clients, like I literally have a girl with a trip to Hawaii on the books for March. And she's like, I don't know if I can go. (laughs) I don't know.
1: But just having it booked brings me such joy, right? Totally. Something to look forward to. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So we're not going be unsafe or
0: anything like that. But I know in my life, like I'm looking at, okay, you know, we want to do an Airbnb because we know that's going to be safe. So let's have fun, right? Almost pre- planning a pretend trip or planning, you know, whether it's hiking or this or that. So, you know, activities, Airbnb, exactly. We talk about micro self-care and we talk about macro self-care. Right, so the micro is the day-to-day stuff that we do. So an example is that every afternoon I'm like, you know what, a little dark chocolate and tea is like what I need, right? And that brings me such joy, and it's small and it's simple. Or for women, sometimes I know I get really into my skincare, right? So it's like if this skincare is making me feel amazing, like I have a spot experience, fantastic. There's also the macro, so that's the trips that I'm talking about, right? So the macro is you know, what we're going to do six months from now.
1: And that in and
0: of itself can also bring a sense of joy. And just like you said, something to really look forward to.
1: How are you right now taking care of yourself? Like what are some of the things that help you get through your days? Because you're constantly listening and helping everybody else. Exercise is a huge one.
0: So that's one that I will say, especially during pregnancy, I wasn't doing as much
1: of. And yeah,
0: it's like, okay, I'm all about it. And Right now we're living in a place where weather-wise, a lot of people, right? Like yeah. depending on like seasonal affect, it can be a problem for people. And so for me, it's like go outside, get fresh air. You don't have to like go exercise if it is frigid,
1: Yeah. but
0: getting fresh air, right? So like when we take the dog outside, like going outside, breathing in fresh air, also exercising. So mine, I will say is indoors, but also what I oftentimes will do is just, you know, you can 10 to 15 minutes of reading, right? Like I love to read. And that's one of those things. I read a book recently called 168 Hours from Laura Vanderkam. And it was fascinating. And so her whole thing is how we're always saying we don't have time. Yeah, always. so So she actually does time laws and she's like, let's get real about this. And there actually is time for everything. And she challenges that note, and it was really interesting. And so she's like, if you want to exercise an hour a day, you have time. There's no excuse.
1: Yeah. If you want to
0: meditate, there is. And she says, and you can still do it while sleeping eight hours, while, you know, if you want to spend all of Sunday, like doing whatever, volunteering, going to church, whatever that looks like. And so those are the pieces. And so from that, I took this idea of like 15 minutes, right? What is something for 15 minutes that I can do that's going to make me feel better? Right. So you know, exercise is longer than that. But reading is something that sometimes I'll do. You know, I think daily devotional spiritual practices can be really instrumental, right? Whether it's weekly or daily or whatever that looks like. Meditation. So I'm a huge, huge fan of meditation apps, especially the ones that allow you to do five minutes, right? Yes. Because a lot of times we think meditation means like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and we're like, I'm not going to get that. But just a quick five minute, you know, meditation. I will say I'm totally cheese and I fell for like the inspirational water bottles.
1: Oh my god. Right. Gosh. So they sell the water bottles,
0: like the 64 ounces. That's right. been, like one of my things, right? And I will say that there is power in writing this stuff down, right? Of like, what is my self-care plan? So I literally have like a sticky note in my planner of like, here are the basic things that I'm gonna focus on to feel better, right? And so I have down drink your water, do your dark chocolate, you know. Do your exercise, you know, focus on your skin.
1: Yeah. Things that make me feel like my
0: butt, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's really important to continue to remind yourself because I'll forget to do that. But I like every morning I'll write a new to-do list because I think it's important just to update everything and make sure that you're starting from a solid place. And I feel like that's a good tip to add in those little things into your to-do list because sometimes you even forget to do those little small things that make you feel whole. I was talking to my sister and we were talking about how like there's never enough time in the day to get everything done. But if you actually do schedule things in in advance, and stick to it, then you can, you know, and it's all about making yourself a priority and making sure that you're actually doing that because you'll find a million and one excuses not to do that thing. For me, it's, it's continually looking at my calendar. Cause I'm so forgetful. I like, continually throughout the day, looking at my calendar and like making sure that I know what does my schedule look like? And when am I going to get in those moments for myself? The new year is finally here. I feel like we have been waiting for this since March and many of us are so ready for a fresh, clean start. Our sponsor today, Grove Collaborative, wants to help you kick off your resolutions for a healthier home by making it super easy to shop for natural household products. Before this year, we were starting to use natural products. And then this year with the amount of cleaning that we're doing, we have definitely switched to mostly natural just because of the options that are out there. There are amazing products that actually do the work that are not toxic. And it's so important once you have kids to really think about that stuff and to think about the surfaces and what your kids are being in contact with every day. So I know running to the store has been pretty stressful lately too, and there's nothing worse than forgetting something on your list and needing to make multiple trips. So Shopping for your home essentials should be easy and convenient and toxin-free, and that's where Grove Collaborative comes in. So Grove is actually an online marketplace for sustainable home essentials delivered to your doorstep. It takes the guesswork out of going green. You can browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet with Grove. You don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. You can join over 2 million households who have trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. All right. Make your home healthier this new year for a limited time. When my listeners go to grove.co with wit, you will get a free Mrs. Myers gift set plus Free shipping with your first order, a $30 value, but you have to use our special code. You guys, Mrs. Myers is the best. This is where we get all of our Mrs. Myers stuff. We currently have their dish soap, and a little goes a long way, and it smells so good, and you know it's clean. You guys go to grove.co slash with wit to get this exclusive offer. That's grove G R O V E. dot co slash with wit. And now back to our chat. I think loneliness is a major issue that people are having. You know, I think about my mom right now. My mom is a widow and she's by herself. And while she tells me she's doing okay and she keeps herself busy, obviously I worry about her. And so I wonder how people can be there for people that you know are living alone and what are some things that people can do that are living alone to get out of their own heads? And I
0: think that, again, you're so right of, That the loneliness, especially right, when we're in quarantine and social distancing and all of that. And I've seen this a lot in my caseload of just almost paranoia, right? Around like what's safe and what's not safe. And that has caused, right, this sort of divide. And you like you said, people really being isolated. And I think that again, there's a lot of pieces that factor into it. So even though a lot of people, of course, they're like burning out from like the Zoom meetings and Zoom fatigue and all of that first to say that, you know, so I actually, my therapy practice was online before COVID.
1: Oh, really? It
0: was. So,
1: oh, interesting. and it's interesting because a lot of
0: my clients were like, oh my gosh, it's like you were onto something before, right? Yeah. And so like for me, the graduate program I teach for, it's a fully online program. So like my whole life was already online,
1: right? Okay. And
0: so a lot of it really was a matter of like, Let's look at the
1: benefits, right? Let's look at the benefits
0: of how I don't have to commute. I don't have to worry about traffic how I can actually interact with people, right? In meaningful ways without a lot of the other pieces, right? So I think a lot of times it's about the reframe. And so again, not that somebody wants to necessarily be doing Zoom coffees all day long, but at the same time, there's something incredible about seeing someone's face and their expressions. And, you know, again, that whenever just, you know, the whole being able to see people via videos, so like Skype, right? When yeah. that was a new technology, yeah. that was a big deal. Right. And I think right now we kind of almost take it for granted because it's like, oh, everyone wants FaceTime and this, that, and the other. But I think that using this is huge. And I think the second part really, and I think this is where people have gotten really creative, is they're doing these events, for example, where if let's say you and I were to do, you know, like a knitting class together where they actually ship you and I boxes, right, to be able to learn to knit together. Right. So even though we're not in the same physical space, we can still be engaging together. Right. And so totally. Right now, yeah. Businesses have become really innovative, right? And are really reacting to the fact that, hey, if we're all kind of off on our own, how do we still have a shared experience? So I have a therapy client who's a party planner. And so she her big thing is how do you do parties? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, my sister is an event planner and wedding planner and she's totally trying to figure out how to pivot her whole business. Exactly. Yeah. And so
0: she was saying how one of the things that she did was she literally sent a box to like every like 500 people and everyone was like on Zoom at the same time and they were like drinking the same drink and eating the same candies and it was like this whole thing and they were playing games online. Like I recently did trivia online and we did a selling game. Cute. Online. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is actually and We're at home in our pajamas, (laughs) which we can't complain about. Right, right, right. But like, back when these things were in person, we were like, oh, it's traffic, it's too late, it's getting dark. And now actually there's no excuses, right? Right. And so I will say that when it comes to sort of the social isolation and loneliness, we definitely want to check in with people. But also, again, whether it's socially distanced visits can be really helpful. You know, again, I know a huge part of it if you can be outside, obviously that's a great way of life. let's do a distance walk or a hike or, you know, sit outside and gather. So again, we're all being forced to be more creative and really kind of overcoming this loneliness. That's really kind of an epidemic.
1: I know it's true. It's just like sometimes coordinating those plans gives me even more anxiety. Like I feel like this quarantine has sort of highlighted my hermit-ness, like I'm a homebody. I'm not really a social butterfly. And so now even I feel just like so burnt out from my days. And by the time I feel like I need to check in with someone else or get on a FaceTime with someone else or or interact with someone else. I'm like, oh, I'm just so tired. I don't want to do it. Like, I feel this level of like, I want to isolate myself from people. Have you been hearing things like that too? Absolutely. Well, I think that's where it's
0: important to pay attention to
1: yourself, right? And to give yourself
0: permission to do that, right? I mean, like, as therapists, A lot of times, whether it's in person or online, when you're giving, giving, giving all day long, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's natural to feel exhausted. Empty. Exactly. Yeah. Your tank is empty. And so that's where communicating, right, with like loved ones, love with partners. I mean, it's, I think it is important to check in with yourself and be like, okay, let's try not to be home all day. Like, I'll be there first to say, Like, Saturday, I'm like, I want to be home I'm in my pajamas yeah. and no one talks to me, yeah. right? Yeah. And I want to, like, make my pancakes and be yellow, yeah. right? It, but it's saying, okay, that's fine, but... I'm not going to allow myself to be in my pajamas all day long, right? right? Or all weekend long. And right. so that's where I think it is important to kind of say, okay. And especially right now, like I'll, you know, we get our groceries delivered, so I don't even have to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Right. And I can get like everything can be shipped to me, which in a way is almost dangerous, right? Like when you are in that hermit mentality, because yeah. the way the world is right now, we can like literally not leave our home for weeks and weeks on end. <laughs> yeah. yeah is you know and so i think it takes extra impetus on our part to yeah. say okay let me go for a walk around the block let me you know talk to the neighbor of the mailbox let me try to find these small amounts of interaction but also know that it's okay if i yeah. don't want to interact with anybody right and it's okay and you know we have sort of talked about how with covid there's sort of this like global anxiety Right? That's global uncertainty and grieving that's going on. I mean, when every time you look at the news, there's another scary headline out there.
1: Yeah. And that's then there's amazing. so much interaction about it and there's so many conversations about it. And it's so, yeah. it's just like never ending access to information.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's where, though, you know, it's interesting because they talk about how while well COVID has been happening, other businesses have been doing well, right? So, like Peloton, exactly. Yeah, like that's true.
1: Yeah. You know, and they said even like Netflix has even more shows than
0: before because they know, again, not that you want to be binging Netflix. Right. But I think there is this recognition of like we need, whether it's a distraction or entertainment or what have you. And I always say, you know, distraction in times of crisis is totally okay. Right. So, granted, like if somebody were to come to me with like a really bad breakup, I would not say, let's just distract ourselves. Right. Right. Like go <laughs> I, watch a movie I,
1: marathon. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'd be like,
0: let's process it. Let's talk about it. You know? So again, there's a time and a place for everything. Right. And you know, in one of my books, I also kind of talk about that piece of like distracting, right? Like sometimes distracting can be the best thing you can do, yeah. but it's also the way that you do it. Right. So again, I think there is this sort of normal a lot of times of life. Well, you know, let's just hit up the line. And it's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to do the substances. Right. For healthy distractions, right? Like a healthy distraction could be baking cookies or, you know, taking a long bubble bath yeah. or whatever it is. So yeah. like one of the techniques we talk about is like tuning into your senses. And so the idea of, right, like taste, touch, smell, sound. And so, you know, you're feeling bad, play the music, that always makes you feel better. Yeah, right? definitely. Or there is actually some research that suggests that even if you listen to stuff that like matches your mood, that can be good. So if you're in like down mood and listen to down, like depressing music, that's okay too. Right. Like, At least you're just feeling
1: bad. your feelings and you have like some sort of outlet, whether they're good or bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. And so again, I think it
0: could be fine to do the distraction. It's just being again in moderation and being yeah. aware of why. You're doing
1: it. Totally. No, that it makes total sense. Okay. Let's talk about your book. I see it behind you. (laughs) So you published your book this year, the millennial mental health toolbox tips, tools, and handouts for engaging Gen Y in therapy. I think this is so important because mental health has obviously also through social media become much more open conversation to talk about people feel a lot more open, but there is still a stigma around it. What really inspired you to write this book and what kind of tips and information can we find in it?
0: So, you know, it was really, I was so excited when I got to write this
1: book because it was pulling from
0: everything I do with my clients with therapy, basically, right? Like in one place, because I can't tell you how many times, you know, people will come in with stuff where it's like the basics, like I'm not sleeping well, or, you know, my diet or my weight, or I'm upset about, you know, any number of things. So there's a lot of it. So I sort of break up the book into sort of three major components, right? So the three different types of therapy that I use are solution-oriented, so that's kind of like the thick fix. Okay. And then you sort of have cognitive behavioral therapy, which is really kind of going into your thoughts and deconstructing the unhealthy thoughts. And then the final component is mindfulness, right? And so a lot of different types of mindfulness practices. And so people oftentimes come in, and the first thing that I do with them is like, let's get you down to baseline, right? Like, let's pay attention. You know, I once had a kid come in. It was actually kind of funny, but he anxiety through the roof and I literally just asked him how much coffee he had and he did not realize. Like it had just become so normal for him to have like six or seven cups a day. Oh my
1: God. And like yeah. venties because he was a graduate student and mm-hmm. he's like, oh my gosh. This he's what just trying to, to survive, know. yeah. Exactly. I said, literally, if there's
0: one thing I can say, try to cut down the coffee. The client comes back in the next week and is like, this changed my life. <laughs> like my anxiety is gone. Like That's all it was. Right. Right. So simple. Yeah. It was. And so in a lifetime, you can kind of build it up to being so much more. And sometimes it really is these like quick fixes. Yeah. Of, okay. I'm isolating. Right. So like one of my favorite tools I do with people, it's called the strengths chart. And so it's kind of going through and looking at your sleep, your time management, relaxation, exercise, social time, gratitude, thought logs. So I have people kind of set goals for those domains and then rating their mood at the end of each day. And you can start to see like the days that I see a friend, maybe my mood is higher, right? Or the day that I did exercise, I'm feeling better. Or the days I didn't do anything, my mood is worse. And it Mm -hmm. helps you to really start tracking these things bit by bit. And a lot of really the motivation for me in sort of putting this all together is also the fact that these handouts can go so far, especially in a time when Therapy is expensive, right? Yeah. Therapy yeah. is not as accessible. And like you said, there's also a lot of stigma around. It. And so mm-hmm. I'm a really strong believer in the DIY self-help approach. Yeah. Of You can buy the book, work through it yourself, right? And kind of say, okay, here are the different pieces that I need to really work on. And mm-hmm. making a practice out of it, you know? And for a lot of people, it's really just one or two things that can make a significant shift. Right. And Mm -hmm. so my goal as a therapist, I always say, is to give you as many tools in your toolkit as humanly possible. And then you can choose. Right. Because I think ideally we're kind of doing a combination. So I can't tell you how many clients I've had who were like, I did talk therapy for 10 years and I didn't learn anything, you know? And to me, it's like, how is that possible? you know, you need to learn the skills?
1: Yeah, it's so true. I know. I think a lot of people think when they haven't done therapy before that it's just like, talking about your week and like talking yeah. about how you're doing. And that's a lot of, I, uh, sometimes that, I mean, I know I have that anxiety about therapy. Sometimes I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? You know, but I, I do think that it is so important to know that there are different kinds and also that, yeah, so many of these small things that we're not paying attention to can play large parts. Absolutely. And yeah. I think,
0: you know, whether it's in the workforce, you know, some millennials are going back to school right now. And right it too. Right. You know, I'm amazed at how many times, you know, people are stressed to the max. And I'm like, drop a class. Literally, that's it. Drop one class. Right. And it's amazing how dropping the one class has such a far-reaching impact on everything.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. Sometimes we want to look so macro and we want to figure out like, what's the root of this issue? And, and I'm sure, sh- obviously I don't want to simplify things or simplify people's issues, but um sometimes, yeah, it can be like little changes. Well, and that's, right. yeah. And I think a lot of times that and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that.
0: Sometimes it is a lot simpler than we make it out to be, right? It's like it I mean certainly there are people with trauma and sexual of course. assault And that's a whole nother category. Right. But for, you know, ninety something percent of therapy clients who are kind of coming in with day-to-day stressors, depression, things like that, mm-hmm. it
1: really is the quick fix it that can go a really long way. Yeah, no, it's so true. Cause I, I'm like a classic overthinker and analyzer and spiraler. And so I'm, I'm sure that I'm overthinking 99% of the things that I'm, you know, stressing myself out about. Cognitive I mean, thought distortions. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. What you're talking about
1: of like when we start spiraling, right. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of like these thinking traps. So I'll give
0: you an example is like black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. So we can have this tendency of thinking like everything is amazing, the best ever, or a total mm-hmm. failure and disaster. Totally right, and so it's kind of finding that oh my gosh, there's a shade of gray. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not so all or nothing, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or my classic was mind
1: reading. Like I, I think that I know what people are thinking about me, <laughs> but you, though. but you don't. I know I do that too, exactly. Ah. And then I'm either apologizing for myself all the time, or. Yeah, and you're like they're like, I'm not I mean, especially for my husband who's now with me 247, he's like, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, why do you let your head go to that place? You know? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's part of the work
0: that I do with clients that I have in the book
1: of like, let's try
0: identifying because there's like a over a dozen different traps that we get into.
1: Yeah. And so starting to catch ourselves, starting to rework that thinking, because again, it's habitual. We don't even realize that we're thinking in those ways. Right, a hundred percent. A lot of the anxiety that I have is a lot of like anticipation anxiety. I'll be thinking so much about this thing that I have to do, or this interview, or even like going on a walk with my mom. I'll start to like get anxious about that. About like, is there going to be traffic there? How long am I going to be there? Or if I bring Sunny, like, what time am I going to have to leave? You know, like a lot of thinking about all these different things in advance, and so that's what sometimes I think stops me from like. Making plans, and I've had I had this issue even before COVID. I was like really bad about making plans, and was either always like delaying or canceling, or just because I had so much anticipation anxiety. And so I'm trying to like really deal with that right now. Do you have any tips? I think
0: that kind of sounds a little bit like you know sort of that catastrophizing, right? Yeah, which we can in our heads build things up because it's kind of getting to like what is the root, right? So it's kind of like okay, I have anxiety that all these bad things are going to happen. Right. It's looking at really the evidence for or against it. Right. And sort of realizing that when I really break it down, it's never as bad as I think that it is. It's right. Yeah. And and think about how many times like I'll be the first I have time anxiety. Like I'm always 15 minutes early (laughs) because that's great quality. My husband's opposite for him, like being on time is literally a minute before. And to me, that's being late.
1: Same. My, so, my husband and I are the same. My husband's always early and I'm always either like on time or five minutes late.
0: Exactly. And, and so I think for me, like I've learned to like manage my anxiety around
1: that of like yeah. you know, being late, AKA not being early enough. Right.
0: In right. Head, it's like, okay, think about, you know, how many times has tardiness really had a consequence? ever? Like even in like college or high school, did anyone ever yell at me or put me down or tell me that I'm stupid (laughs) or terrible?
1: No, it's just more the shame that you feel. It's not even like what someone does or says to you. Yeah. And so you realize, and so, you know, one of the thought
0: distortions we talk about is like magnification minimization, right? And so it's kind of magnifying this time thing, right? Making it so much bigger
1: than it actually is, yeah, but I feel like you worry that other people are going to be annoyed with you for being late and they never really tell you, so that's what you're kind of like upset about. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're you upset with yourself that you took other people's time, ta- that you took advantage of other people's time, and yeah, but
0: that's the mind, right? Because I will tell you every time a therapy client of mine is late, I am happy because it gives it gave you extra time to right? I get water. I go to the bathroom. I have my snack. And so every time a client has said to me, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, Oh, I just had like my muffin and I had my coffee and I don't look unprofessional eating in front of you. That's true.
1: That's true. I don't mind when people are late either. As long as I don't have something super important, that's going to take a long time with them that I, and then I have like a cutoff. Timmy like really has an issue with time. If we have something planned and I disrespect the the schedule or the time, like, I guess it depends who you're dealing with.
0: Well, it does. And again, I think that's where it's kind of, again, breaking out the thoughts, right? Like, yeah. Like, what is the fear behind it? Right. And then kind of breaking out, okay, like, again, if I have this fear and I'm kind of like worried about planning this walk with my mom, what is the fear there? Right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. That's so crazy. It's just like, it's just fear. It's not anything specific. You're just like for me, I'm, I'm more just like, oh, I would just so much rather stay home and do nothing. And that, I don't know. I don't know exactly if that's just the mood I'm in right now, or I don't know. I don't know.
0: I think it's normal too. And I often, that's where I say, again, it's that piece of grace of like, I know,
1: again, like when in
0: your twenties, you're like running around like a maniac. Yeah. Right? It's also natural to be like, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Because mm-hmm. I've been in a similar boat of like, not being anti but just kind of being like, I don't want to yeah, <laughs> right? just, like just want to
1: chill. Yeah. You feel like overstimulated all the time. Yeah. And it's not, it's not against anybody else. It's not, I mean, I miss my mom dearly and I want to be with her, but it's like sometimes the, the need to like decompress overrides the need to be social. Absolutely. And I think we are without a doubt living
0: in times that are
1: busier than ever before. Yeah, right? that's true. There's so much packed in and
0: there's so much pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's really hard to truly
1: unplug. Yeah. Right. And especially like you said, when
0: you're an entrepreneur and you have your own businesses, you don't really have days off.
1: Right. Like, ever, right. 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 What you always- get out is what you put in. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's
0: easy to kind of burn yourself out, you know, like a lot of therapists, right? hypothetically, I could see like 80 clients a week. I'd be killing myself yeah. doing that, but I could if I wanted to, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. that's where setting those boundaries, right? Yeah. And those parameters around self-care and making sure that, again, even if right now you're like, I don't want to go to coffee with anybody, that's okay. So long as you're like, okay, but at the end of the year, I'm going to take, you know, two weeks and we're going to go on a vacation and we're going to unplug, Yeah. right? Yeah. Because I do think that that's also when we have our aha moments, right? That's when the aha moments come in around, wait a minute, this anxiety was about X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or this, like, because when you're running at 100 miles an hour, you can't really catch your breath to do like that deep reflection
1: because True. you're just putting out fires. Yeah. Right. right. So, and then you're never going to be in the mood to see anybody because you've never, you haven't given yourself the space to like yeah. heal from all of the craziness. Makes yeah, sense. that makes sense. That makes sense. That was great. That was like my own little therapy set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to help anytime. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You have been so amazing. Where can everybody find you and learn more about you? So my website is www.drholy.com. Thank you so much for taking the time.